Hello, 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 and welcome to episode 79 of the Crochet Circle podcast. I am waving. How are you all doing? I am back from my summer break. I hope you've all had like a fab, fab holiday and been away if you've been able to get away and just enjoyed um, like the, the holiday. Um, it's a bit of a weird one today. I'm just gonna have to come straight out and say that unfortunately this is going to be my last ever podcast and there's no easy way to say that other than to just deliver it straight off the bat um so yeah episode 79 I'm sad to say is going to be the last one um it's something that I thought really long and hard about over um like the summer months and a little bit before and it just it feels like it's time um, I want to be able to put my time to slightly different use so I'm not going to disappear like a lot of the content that I produce is not going to disappear I just would love it to be a little more concentrated and um, to, I would love to be able to deliver more value for our community for our crocheting community in smaller bite-sized chunks and that's what I'm looking to do so sad news <laughs> off the top of the podcast but what I'm um, going to do is do this as a final podcast as usual and then um, towards the end I'll tell you what it is that I plan to be up to and where you'll be able to find me and generally kind of what my thinking is and you know it's a movable feast I'm not saying I'll never come back and podcast but um, for the foreseeable future I'm not going to be doing long form video and audio podcasts so more on that in a little bit um, but for now let's give you another podcast <laughs> let's uh, bring the energy back up rather than just being all sad about it so would you like to see what I've been up to this summer? Would you like to hear about what I've been up to? I've managed to do quite a lot of crochet. I'm under, um, <laughs> since about June probably and until the end of October, I'm on massive deadlines for commissions and trying to get patterns out. I'm just really tasking myself with working on patterns, most of which are crochet. And um, some are for external things like magazines, um, I can't really talk about and some are things that I've been working with uh, with yarn suppliers, yarn producers and I can talk to you about some of those so I am just on like deadline, deadline, deadline at the moment and I have really been going at it on that side of things throughout this summer I've spent many an hour outside listening to audiobooks enjoying the shade of the sun <laughs> we've got some nice big mature trees in the garden and I can just sit under them with a the cat underneath my chair and we sit there listening to audiobooks and I sit and work on crochet designs so that's that's been quite a lot of my nice summer days um so let's show you what I've been making I think um in the last podcast which seemed like months and months and months ago even though it was only two months ago I showed you and talked about some yarn that I was working with, some wool really, from Northern Yarn. And there was um, quite a bright jade colour, four ply, called Methra. 
and that is 350 meters per 100 grams and it's a mix of um, British Wools, Cheviot, Blueface Leicester BFL, Shetland and Zvarblaze. So I was working up a design on um, that but I was also working up a design using Kate at Northern Yarn's other base which is DK which is called Mamo which comes in 50 gram um, like hanks I suppose and that is a good really good standard DK and it's 110 meters for 50 grams so 220 for 100 grams and again it's British wool and it is um it's not telling me what they are here but I, I know one of them is pulled dorset and I can't remember what the other one is um and so I've been working away with these and what um Kate approached me and said that she um she'd seen my stuff in Murat and I've known Kate for a long time. Um she'd seen my stuff in Murat and she wondered if I would be interested in creating a design in her wool. And I really love what Kate does. She's very specific about going out into her local area, so that's Cumbria and Lancashire, up in the northwest of England, and going and finding um, British breed specific sheep and then making them into wool that we can use as crofters and I love that you know I'm here to support that all day long so the design concept that I came up with I didn't specifically come up with for this yarn um, it started out way back in the day when I was in that um, uh, temporary accommodation when we were moving house I was trying to create a ribbed effect um that would work at the bottom of my positivity spiral hat and it didn't just quite have the stretch that i wanted for the hat but i kept this tiny little sample that i had made and um, because i really loved the ribbed effect that i'd got with it and it's using front post trebles and i've managed to get it on a diagonal so I started by making up the cowl in the DK, um, which I've done as a short cowl. So one that you can just go over your head and keeps really nice up and close to your neck. I enjoy wearing cowls like this because then I can put my big winter coat on. My neck is nice and warm and if the wind really starts biting, I can kind of bed my nose in it and <laughs> keep nice and warm. So I wear cowls like this quite a lot. So I worked up the small version in the DK in this beautiful, beautiful silvery colour. And then when I worked on the four-ply version in the Methra, I wanted to do it in a slightly longer version. And what I've done is taken the concept of the diagonal front posts and I've blended them with straight front posts. So you've got this kind of straight right slant straight right slant straight effect to the cowls i really love the texture with it because it's a nice repetitive pattern um, but as with all of these things diluting down to something that looks simple and elegant is quite often the hardest thing that you can do as a designer and writing the pattern can be really quite difficult um it's like the essence of something simple takes so much work to get it into something that's usable because you're just paying back, paying back, paying back. Um, it's never as easy as you think it's going to be. 
So the idea is these cowls will be in three different sizes. So you've got the close-up one, the longer one that I'm wearing, which kind of comes pretty much down to just maybe just above my chest. And then there's a third length, which is really long, which you can double over or just wear long. And the pattern will cover the three sizes in the two weights. So one pattern, a bit like Positivity Spiral does with the cowl, one pattern will give you um, six different options, basically, depending on how much wool you've got, what weight of wool you've got, and how you like your cowl to be. So it's all been weighted and measured out for you and ready to go. So I knew when I'd sorted the cowl um, that I also wanted to do mittens because the idea, although I'd already had the stitch pattern defined when I worked out that I could do it straight going to um, diagonal, back to straight, going to diagonal, it really reminds me of um, the dwarven concept artwork that you've got for Lord of the Rings when you're going into Minds of Moria. I am a huge Lord of the Rings Tolkien fan. Really enjoy that and the movies. We'll not talk about the Hobbit because as a movie, um, but I really enjoyed the concept artwork, all the creativity that went behind the scenes for the artists that were making the sets, and that is what the stitch pattern reminds me of, like a cross between runes and. Um, like the mines and the the column and just the angular nature of all of their artwork. So that then took me down a little rabbit hole and I found on the internet that you can you can find dictionaries of dwarven words. Like there are whole dwarven dictionaries out there. So I pulled together a load of names and um I took them to Kate and I said what what would you like the design to be called? And we both um, liked one in particular which is called Fern so that's F-A-E-R-N Fern and that means home and that just felt rather appropriate for the way that Kate goes out and gathers all the wool and um, all the fleeces and brings it home and makes wool out of it um, I just it speaks to like the act of sitting in your home and making the thing that you want to wear or you want to give to somebody. It just it felt like a very appropriate name for it. So we have the fern cowls and then there are also the mittens, which I'm just I'm so pleased about. So I've talked about the fact that with the cowls everything goes on a right slant. Well I then obviously with mittens I had to work out how to do a left slant. So when you put your mittens on one mitten slanted to the right and the other mitten slanted to the left. And so that's what I did. And you know me, because I can't just um I can't just do one thing. I've also written the pattern and given instructions for how you can make the mittens into fingerless gloves as well. Because not everyone loves mittens. And frankly, if you're going to write up a mitten pattern you may as well give instructions for fingerless gloves because it's just subtracting some of the rows that you would have to do and giving a nice finish. So excuse the ends that I am quickly pulling in, but what I'm showing up is a quite um, a well-fitted mitten, which is what I like. Um, so it's I don't think it's got any ease at all. If it has some, it's very little. Um, and it's in the silver DK yarn. So... On my right hand I've got a fingerless glove and you, you can really obviously see the diagonal slant on that and on my left hand I've got a fully formed 
um, mitten. I love it. Uh, it's really warm and toasty and just the way that the um, the diagonal front posts go. Love it, love it, love it. I'm going to do more of this in patterns because I think this needs to be a bag and I think it needs to be a shawl. I just... Um, I'm like, I'm really pleased with how such a simple stitch came together in a pattern. So, um, the other thing that I've done with the mittens, because obviously I've done the mittens for fingerless gloves and mittens in DK and in four ply, and I've done it over six sizes. So I'm currently holding up a, a little, a little smaller one. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, so I'm I'm wearing what is size three, which is roughly a medium. I've got odd sized hands, which I'll tell you about in a moment. And then I also quickly whipped up a, the next size down, which would be like an, a small adult, but I also tried it on um, a 10 year old at the weekend and it fitted him perfectly. So um, it works for children. And then there's a smaller size again, which would work for kind of five years old plus, depending on size of hand of the child. So again, it's easy to change the instructions on this one because um, I have got the circumference of a medium sized hand. I have got the length of an extra large hand and I have got the thumb the size of a child apparently according to like all the measurements and charts that are out there. So I've written the pattern so that you can customise it depending on like what you what you need from it basically because people don't have the same size hands. It's just it's just not what happens. Um so yeah these are all coming out when are they coming out Faye? These are coming out and being launched for Yarn Deal, which is the third or the last weekend of September. So towards the end of September, these will be ready. My lovely tech editor Deb already has the cowls. She'll be getting the mittens by Friday. And just to show you how they both work up, I also this morning finished off the little four ply version of the small size. So they are um, the same size. So I'm so pleased with how these are working up. And again, on the diagonal, really cute little mittens. I all of these are being sent to Kate, so she'll have them for Yarndale, and um, then she'll have them in her shop. So I'm eyeing up making myself a pair um, with four ply and floof because I just I can imagine how warm they would be and just the fuzz of the floof of the front post um, stitch would just be like out of this world I think so I'm going to be making up another pair of these for for me <laughs> when I've finished when I've made my um how many have I got now four I've got another two to make so I will have made six individual gloves by the time I finish this pattern um but well worth it because like I don't see the point in just making a pattern that says a glove is choose small, medium, large. That's like an irrelevance to people in the way the hands are, are shaped and sized. And um, it just it just doesn't work like that. So I want you to be able to extend it, shorten it, add more, do what you need to do within um, the fern mittens pattern. So that's what I'm working towards at the moment. I'm deep, deep, deep in pattern writing. 
Um, so yeah, that's quite a nice chunky little pile of stuff that I have been working on this summer with a deadline of Friday. So as soon as I've edited this, I am back onto knitting and to um, mitten crocheting. So yeah, have a look for them. They will all be coming in September. It's a bit like Positivity Spiral. It's a really good value pattern because um, it's easy to memorise once you've got the hang of where the stitches are going. And it gives you really good options. So it's the kind of pattern that you can buy once, make it for loads of other people. If you've got children, you can make it for your children going up through their like childhood as well and for the rest of your family. Oh, how much would I love to see an entire family's worth of crocheted fair and mittens and cowls and like an entire family uh, wearing them that would I'd love that I would love to see that if anyone fancies it I would love to see it I'll send you the pattern I would love to see it <laughs> so that's um that's one of the major things that I have been working on I've also been writing um an article quite a big article so I've been on that that's seen me going here there and everywhere and visiting people in our industry so that's been a lot of fun this summer as well spent quite a lot of time in the car listening to audiobooks and Brenny Brown and all sorts of things um, so what else what else what else another little finished object that I have is do you remember me um, talking to you about the craft pod and the fact that I was desperate to get my hands on the 2021 winter one um, I was given a tiff off by a lovely friend that they had put some on their website and that um, there was one for me and I got on there straight away and went and bought it and sewed up using woolen felt a gorgeous little scissor holder which is in the shape of an owl, and I just, oh, I adore it. It is one of the cutest things I think I've ever sewn. And I say that every time I've done a craft pod thing, but honestly, this little owl scissor case with the um, the holes for the scissors or the eyes of the owl is just beautiful. Whoever dreamt this up is, like, creatively amazing. I just, I just think it's a beautiful thing to have in my crafting kit. Um... So that was another little finished object that I have managed. And I'm going to go straight into kind of en route because one of them relates to this. The other thing that they had in that crafting kit was um, an owl embroidery. And I didn't want to just um, have the embroidery in a hoop because it's not... I've got a couple already displayed in the house, but I don't want my whole house to be embroidery hoops with embroideries inside out on display. And I know I could swap them in and out, but I quite like practical things. So I did the embroidery and I had some spare calico and I thought, I really want to have a go at English paper piecing. Some friends have been doing it at um, the craft club that I run and I figured... I could do something else with it and so I did the embroidery of a flower of a an owl in flight with the moon in the background and um, a kind of creamy white calico which is meant to be snow and some trees have been um, embroidered onto it and what I've done is English paper pieced 
around the embroidery using hexagon shapes and then some rectangles to border it off and this is going to become a project bag. So it'll be one of those with like the cords at the top that I can pull it tight rather than adding a zip into it. Um, and it'll be like a, what you call it, a square bottom at, um, bag at the bottom. So the bottom of the bag will be the bottom of the snow with this owl on one side. And then on the other side, I have been English paper piecing with some colours I got from my local sewing shop in Nantwich. Um, what will hopefully look like sunset. That was the kind of concept behind it, is that it would look like the sun. And um, so it's in a light pink, darker pink, and then into a real dusky purpley blue and up into navy, in the same navy that I've used for the EPP around the owl. So this is the back side of the bag. And at some point I will sort it all together and I will put it up on Instagram and show you what I've made with it. But I'm, I really enjoyed English paper piecing during the summer. It's a very small project to take out. Like, it's not heavy, you don't have to take loads of supplies out, out with you. It's literally a few bits of cut-out um, material and... Um, needle and thread and a pair of scissors and that's it and it's got a lovely rhythm to it and it's quite precise work if you want it to be which suits my nature I like being really precise with my crafting and I enjoyed it and there is like a lot of controversy around English paper piecing EPP as to whether you are a purist and you just you sew and you tack or I went down the other route and I was using the specific glue and the pre-cut shapes because I don't have loads of time and I want to just be able to go at something. So I was using glue and then blanket stitch to do mine. And I've still got the paper pieces in some of the bits until I've sewn on the next panel. Um, so if you've been eyeing up English paper piecing and you wanted to have a go at it. It is really easy and enjoyable and I would encourage you to have a trial and if you're not that confident with your sewing then I think the glue is a really good option. It comes away. It's like it's not something that's really sticky on your fabric. It comes away and you can just um, remove the piece of paper afterwards but it keeps it stable while you're working on it. Um, so it's definitely one that I will use again. And one of the reasons I fell down this kind of EPP rabbit hole is because next month I'm starting a quilting course. It's a three-night course at the same sewing shop that I bought the cotton from. I'm really excited about that because I am hankering to make a big quilt for our bed upstairs. Our bedroom is done out in like... Um, um, mid-century modern colours so it's got quite a bright pumpkin orange as the feature wall and the rest of the walls are in quite a bright dark blue and it's really quite striking and I just think if we had a mid-century modern quilt in those same colours our bedroom that would just finish the bedroom off I don't want to buy one I want to make one but I want to have the tuition 
to know that I'm going to be doing it right from the beginning and that I've got somebody there to give me like the guidance that I want to say, you're doing this right, your points could be better, you're not doing this quite right on your sewing machine. So that is coming. I'm going to be learning how to quilt. That's my winter um, learning thing. I always love to learn new crafts, new techniques, whether that's within crochet or knitting, whatever it is. I just love to soak up knowledge and to be able to have like another craft under my belt and that this year's winter um, sporting programme is um, quilting. So I will be on that. But I will show you my little owl bag when I have finished it over on Instagram and let you see and probably in my Mighty Networks as well because I'm really excited about it. Um, Although it has been put to the side for the last couple of weeks while I'm in deadline hell. Um, but yeah, if you haven't given it a go, there's so many videos on YouTube directing you towards supplies. It's a great way of using up little scraps of um, material as well. Or if you've got something that you're going to throw out, but some of the material is still good, then the bits that aren't good can go for rags and the rest can be used for things like English paper piecing. It's a great little reuse project. So I have another en route for you and it's only an en route because I haven't finished the very bottom of it but I really wanted to share my positivity spiral jumper with you. I am finally at the bottom of it. How many times have I frogged this back? I frogged it back the other about a week ago right up to under the bust again because I just wasn't happy with one of the details and I just got back down to where I needed to be in a little bit more um, on Sunday. So I'm feeling I'm feeling quite good about it again. Um, but the short sleeved version is almost finished. Um, the plan with Positivity Spiral, again, because I just can't help myself, is to offer a short sleeve version and a long sleeve version Details for if you want to decrease under the bust or if you don't and you want to come straight off the bust so you'll know what your yarn requirements are either way. And um, if you don't like doing crocheted ribbing then the first finish that I have done is a much simpler um, kind of stitch that almost looks a little bit like an I-cord edging. So for now I have applied that to the cap sleeves to the collar and I will be applying it to the bottom rib as well. So you'll have an option for a really simple finish on all of the, um, what, I wanted to say orifices, it's not an orifice, on all of the openings, like where your sleeve openings are, where your collar opening is and where the waist is. <laughs> Maybe that's some new uh, pattern terminology. <laughs> work around the collar orifice um, so the plan is I will add the last little bit onto this then I will photograph it modelled as a short sleeve version and then I frog back those details I put the long sleeves on it and I add the ribbed version so that within the pattern you'll be able to see what it looks like with the ribbing as well and then it's up to you so you can be able, you'll be able to like um, pick and mix whichever elements of the pattern you want. For now, I'm going to put it on, which 
like I've got a, a dress on. It's probably going to look horrendous with this dress, but I just want to show you the detail for if you're being busted, what a difference having the decreases makes coming under your bust for a more fitted form. Oh, okay, it fits over my dress, this is good. So, short sleeve version is coming off the yoke and just about an inch down from there. And I have done decreases in under my bust. Let me just move to my side so you can see it. So it's really quite fitted coming under the bust and then it goes straight down. I haven't blocked this yet. Um, so like it might look a little bit bumpy in places. But I am so pleased with the fit that I managed to get around the yoke. It took me three attempts to do that. Like this jumper has been a major major learning curve but I am so on it with garment design now that this is where a lot of my learning has to be and so that's what I have been up to basically making frogging making frogging a positivity spiral jumper my plan is to have this ready for the end of the year and I will be looking for test crocheters so if you fancy it just like go and Follow me over at FDH Designs because that's where I'll be putting the call out for test crochet. So if you fancy um, helping me to bring this pattern to life and making sure that it's tested right the way up through the sizes, I would love that. I would really love um, your help with this if you fancy um, test crochet and positivity spiral. I'm really, I'm, I'm sure you're maybe not seeing it as well as you can over the film but I love the way that the feely pattern swirls have worked up in the yoke of this pattern um, it, it just it feels good and it feels different it feels like I've done what I was aspiring to do with my first crocheted garment which was to provide something that was elegant well fitted um, that you could make it your own that hopefully can be um, size and shape inclusive. I know for sure that I can add those elements into the pattern and that just doesn't look like a lot of the other crochet garments that I see out there so that's like a major tick. I feel very proud of this jumper of this sweater and I'm looking forward to seeing it with sleeves and with the um, crocheted rib. I'll also be providing details for how you can knit a rib off of it as well because not everyone loves crocheting rib and you might still want that rib look but you don't want to crochet a rib so I'll provide those details too because you know you may as well provide all the details for all the people. <laughs> right too hot I have to take that off. This is the other thing that's happened this summer is I am fairly certain I am now going through perimenopause so like the heat just attacks me and I'm like take off all the clothes my elbows are sweating <laughs> I need to I need to be wearing less stuff so jumper is now off um look out for positivity jumper it will be coming hopefully before the end of the year I'm going to move on to feeding the habit and there really hasn't been a lot which is quite surprising because usually I'm very naughty um 
I one of the places I went to this summer was New Lanark Spinning, which is up in Scotland. It's in the Central Belt, and it's a beautiful old mill complex. And they still make their own wool up there, and they're using it on lovely old machinery um, called a spinning mule. And I went to have another look at it. I've been there a few times before, um, but I went back up for work. And um, I couldn't really walk away. I I don't know what's happened, but I'm back into a pink kick. Does anybody else get this? Like, I go through cycles of years of not wearing specific colours. And then, like, maybe in a 10 to 15 year cycle, they'll come back. There was a time, maybe... 20 years ago, when I wore a lot of bright purpley pink, like raspberry pink, and I have not worn this colour for probably... The, the last thing I can think of is a work dress that I used to wear, so that's probably 10 years ago. Um, and I, when I got to New Lanark, and they do such beautiful heather tones, I couldn't help myself but buy a ball of each. So there's a bright pink... Um, with really heathered flecks of red and green and blue in there. Quite subtle though. And then there's a mid-rosy pink, which actually has got quite a bit of yellow in it, which probably sounds disgusting, but it's actually quite nice. And then there's a muted heather purple, which has quite a bit of blue in it, and it is a proper heather purple. And I just thought the three of them together were really nice. I don't know what I'm going to do with them. I have no plans. I just saw the colours and I liked them and I wanted to support the mill and they were on sale and I was like, let's just let's just have them. Um, they will become something lovely. I don't think it will be a design. I think it will just be something that I'll make for myself. But I don't know of many companies within the UK that produce wool that is this heathered and gets this much like texture into it. Um, they do a really good job of it, and um, like it's quite, it's a reasonably soft wool as well. And they do a nice array of colours. Yeah. yeah, it's worth having a look at their website because it's quite an affordable British wool. They do some really nice colours. They do um, DK weight, add-in weight, and chunky weight. So they tend towards the heavier end of the wool weights range for the UK. We don't do four ply. But if you go and visit, top tip, if you fancy going to New Lanark, and if you're ever going north, you're not that far off the motorway system to get to New Lanark. So if you're heading into Scotland and you want somewhere to stop off, it's a really good place to stop off. At the back of the shop, they always have like this random bookshelf of cones of four ply yarn because their DK is made up of two strands of four ply so I suspect that when they don't have enough of something they just leave it on the cone rather than making a small batch of DK out of it and you can go to the back of the shop and you can find these cones so you might get um, I did get one while I was there and I haven't shown you because you'll never be able to get it it was like a one off but I did get a black cone with orange flecks in it and it was 500 grams of four ply yarn for 14 pounds like you can get some real bargains in there um yeah go and have a look go and have a look at new lanark and see their gorgeous tweedy 
wool and then everything I'm going to make for the rest of this year. I'm like really adhering to this pink. It's it's pulling me in, and I can I can do hot pink. It's one of the colours I can actually put close up to my skin. So, more of this in my life. So, quick news baits. The next global hookup is going to be on the 10th of September. That will be 8pm UK time. <laughs> and then again on the Sunday morning, which will be 9am UK time. It'll be lovely to have you there and to... Um, Spend time with some lovely fellow crofters from across the world. Um, so let me go from that to say, obviously, some of you might be listening to this and going, well, you're still, still doing global hookups? And the answer is yes. Like, I um, whilst I'm not going to be podcasting, there are elements that we have built up together with the Crochet Circle podcast that I really want to keep because... We have a great community, a great bunch of people, and I want to make sure that that community remains, and if I can, is strengthened. And to that end, then, things like global hookups are going to remain, and I'll still be running them um, once a month. Um, Mighty Networks is staying up. There's no way I would get rid of that. So if you haven't joined that and you want to come in, that's one of the areas of community that I really want to be strengthening and posting in more often. That's one of the things that I should I would hope for. Um, what it does mean is obviously certain things are not going forward. Most obvious one being monthly recordings of the podcast. And there are a few reasons for that. One, I would like to spend the time that I've got available making a bigger impact if I can. So I'm looking towards blogging and tutorials, but not not just like stitch tutorials, but that kind of information that I try to get across, the in-depth stuff that I do within Old Dog New Tricks. I would like to do more of that where I can do the research and quickly build people's skills in very specific areas. And I'm looking to do that for crochet and for knitting as well because quite often there's a, cross, a crossover between the two things but predominantly crochet. So when I do do that and it's crochet related I will still add it over on the Crochet Circle Instagram account so I'm not going to get rid of that um, but I'm not really going to be posting over there much so if you want to come and find me the place that you're going to find me day to day is over on my H Designs Instagram account and also on my Fady H Designs Pinterest account as well so putting quite a lot of effort into Pinterest and that's really my hope is that with the blogs I do which I will also be putting up onto YouTube on this channel that I can really get to the nitty gritty of our craft and I can show how things work, but I can do it in a really quite tight format um, that suits the time that I've got available and also suits the way that the industry is going. Long-form video is not what people want to sit down and listen to. Um, people aren't listening to longer podcasts in the same way anymore either. So 
whilst all of the previous episodes are going to stay, anything new that I do is going to be on a much shorter format, basically. Um, that said, blogging won't be shorter format. I'm really loving writing long format essays and blog posts, so I'll be doing more of that. But again, like quite informational, hopefully with backup tutorials, information, photos. So really getting stuff in a format where people can like, sit down with a cup of tea, read it, get the information in quite a few different formats, but it's just in a shorter burst of time. That's what I'm hoping for. This could all change. Like This is just where I think I want to head in the coming months. And I'm in like a load of deadlines, as I said, until the end of October. And then after October, I'll be working on new blogging website. Um, and um, like the tutorials, video tutorials and what I want them to look like. I've already got an idea, but I just I need to define what that looks like and make sure that it's the right format. Um, so yeah, I mean, Mighty Networks change, uh, stay, Global Hookups stay, on Instagram I'll be over towards um, Fady Hitch Designs, the YouTube channel here for the Crochet Circle podcast is where I'm going to host all of the um, video tutorials, so you might see that it gets a name change to Fady Hitch Designs, um, but the crochet content will still be filtered out as crochet content. So um, I'll that, that will have very clear categorisation on it. So if you just want crochet, there will just be crochet there. Um, my plan is when I've got finished objects and things that I'm working on, that will go up into Mighty Networks and that's where I would be showing that off. So that, they are my plans at the moment like I said they could all change but for now that's that's where I'm at I'm really enjoying putting time into design and pushing forward with that element um, of my working life and I, I would like a bit more time for that which would be lovely like I, I do I feel really sad that this is the last podcast but I know it's the right thing to do I know it's the right thing for me and I really hope that by changing things up I can get more information out to more people and really build crochet skills like that is wholeheartedly what I want to do. I've said for many years if I haven't changed the face of crochet and the way that crochet is perceived by the time I die I simply haven't worked hard enough and like that is still absolutely my goal. I'm 45 now, probably going to retire when I'm 60. I'm never going to retire from crafting. But I really feel like I've got this burning passion. I have got 15 hardcore years of working at the pace that I work now. And I work bloody hard and I work really long hours. But I've got about 15 more years of that. And I, I want crochet to be taken seriously. I want people to stop taking the mickey out of our craft. I want crochet to be seen for the gorgeous craft that it is and I am going to be spending some of my time getting that point across in, a, in, in an even more fervent manner. <laughs> Basically, that's, that's what I'm up to. 
I'll be trying my damnedest. Whether it works or not, I feel like we've made really good headway with this podcast and with the crochet community and the support and that we have really helped to change the face of crochet globally and I think we can do more and that's that's where I want to head to. So on that note, it just remains for me to say thank you so so much to everybody that has been part of this podcast, that has shared, that has liked, the lurkers that have never left a comment but really appreciate the comp- the, the podcast, the people that have invested financially um, through Patreon, through Kofi, through buying me a coffee, through buying patterns, through every comment, everything that you've ever engaged with. Thank you so much. Like It genuinely means... A lot to me community is everything and the support that you've shown for me and for crochet has been fabulous and like a wholehearted thank you for that I do feel really sad and I don't want to cry but I'm going to go Um, it has been a pleasure <laughs> come and find me on Instagram over at Fadeh I will be in Mighty Networks and I will be on Pinterest and I would love to continue our crochet journey together in those places. It has been a pleasure, people. I am waving. Of course I am waving. Love to you all. Bye-bye.